I'm not going to do this with notes. Well, game notes, yes. But I'm just going out freestyling this because I just watched another terrible performance by the New York Giants on primetime. And it opened a lot of holes for me with the New York Giants and you know, it's not like they were playing Dallas. It's not like they were playing Miami or Buffalo, which we'll be playing the next two weeks. It's not like we're playing the 49ers. We were playing the Seahawks. And we got our asses stomped out. Put whatever you want in there. We got stomped out. We got stomped out. Um, first thoughts, I'm going to, because there's going to be a lot of. Anger, possibly, rant, whatever. Let me say this right now, and we'll get to a couple other segments too. The season's over. Okay? Might as well just put it that way. The season is over. There's a lot of reasons. We'll get to those. But if you're wondering, oh, we can maybe, you know, compete with Miami, compete with Buffalo. No, no, no. Other than Arizona, what team have the Giants competed with? Because... In all other games, they've ended in like two-score, three-score deficits. The first game against Dallas, the third game against San Fran, and this game against Seattle. And I get it, you know, they kicked the last-second field goal, what it was in the final two minutes, whatever. I mean, still. The Giants have allowed themselves to get their asses beat, and that goes to coaching, that goes to heart of certain players, and the outlook is not too good right now. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I mean, I try to be as positive as possible, but I'm going to say flat out, this team sucks. This team sucks. I mean, I said it in rage when I was watching the Dallas game in week one. But, uh, you know, in the outlook, which we'll get to later, it's hard to imagine that this team wins another game. Like, I'm not going to say they're going to go 1-16 in or whatever the record is, but it's hard to imagine on the schedule right now, oh my God, they're going to beat this team. They should beat this team. It's hard because... There's a lot of components that do not make the Giants a winning franchise right now. Um, it's just, it's a mess. It, it is a complete mess. It seems like every two years we're kind of fooled with coaching and stuff. But anyway, let's go to uh, the score. Obviously, 24-3, Giants lost. Geno Smith, 13-20, 110 yards, 5.5 Yards per throw, a touchdown. Drew Locke was 2 of 6 for 63 yards. Daniel Jones, 27 and 34, 203 yards and two picks. Ten sacks taken. Um, Paris Campbell was sacked once technically, and that was on the throw or the attempted throw that he tried to make. Uh, Seattle's rushing game, 121 yards on 23 attempts, mostly through Kenneth Walker, 17 carries, 79 yards and a touchdown, five carries, 31 yards for Zach Charbonnet. Daniel Jones led the game. The New York Giants in rushing, 10 carries, 66 yards. 14 carries for Matt Breida, 30 yards. Gary Bryle, 4 carries, 9 yards. In terms of the receiving game, Matt Breida, lead receiver, 5 receptions, 48 yards. 5 receptions, 40 yards for Wondell Robinson. Uh, Noah Fant, 2 receptions, 63 yards. Tyler Lockett, 4 receptions, 54 yards. DK Metcalf, 3 receptions, 34 yards, and a touchdown. In terms of fumbles, um... Two fumbles for Daniel Jones. One of them was lost and recovered by Jordan Brooks. Uh, Eric Gray had a fumble. And uh, Jones also had a fumble that was recovered by Josh Zudu and pretty much that. In terms of defensive leaders, 
Bobby Wagner had two sacks, two quarterback hits, and 17 tackles. Two tackles for loss, two. Jordan Brooks, 10 tackles, two sacks, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit. (laughs) You know what? I'm looking at this list right now, folks, and there's a lot of guys on the Seahawks defense with two sacks. There's a lot. There's four. There's four guys on this defense with over two sacks. Davon Witherspoon, seven total tackles, two quarterback, uh, three quarterback hits, a pass deflection, tackle, two tackles for loss, two sacks, and a pick six. Uchenna Nawasu, six total tackles, a tackle for loss, uh, two sacks, two quarterback hits. Miles Adams, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. Mario Edwards Jr., a forced fumble, a sack. A quarterback hit actually two of them boy mafe a sack tackle for a loss quarterback hit the giants were hit quarterback wise 14 times 11 sacks for seattle giants defense two sacks by thibodeau two quarterback hits and two tackles for loss uh bobby okereke was there as well in terms of two tackles for a loss um and uh he also was the lead tackler at 10 um in terms of interceptions, Davon Witherspoon had one for 97 yards, pick six, and Quandre Diggs had a return for 21 yards on an interception. You look at team stats, Giants had 17 first downs, 13 for Seattle. Giants had nine passing first downs, six for Seattle, seven rushing first downs for the Giants, six rushing first downs for Seattle, one first down each from penalties for both teams, six penalties, uh, six, six, Six for 16, Giants on third down. Three of 12, the Seahawks were on third down. Seahawks were 0 for 2 on fourth. Giants were 2 for 4. Giants ran 74 plays to 51 for the Seahawks. 248 yards for the Giants. 281 for the Seahawks. 12 drives for the Giants. 11 for the Seahawks. Um, Yards per play, Giants 3.4 to the Seahawks 5.5. Rushing, actually, we already went over rushing. Red zone attempts, Giants 0 for 1, 2 for 4, Seattle. Giants had 6 penalties for 45 yards, 8 penalties for 74 yards for the Seattle Seahawks. Giants had 3 turnovers, and they had 36 minutes of possession, 24 for the Seahawks. Let's get into this offense, and it's not going to be um, a pretty one. It's not going to be a pretty sight to see, and it's not going to be a pretty... You know, if you're watching the film, it's not going to be a pretty sight to see. It's not going to be a pretty sight to hear and all that other stuff. This offense sucks. This offense sucks. Just like this team sucks, the offense sucks. And you guys, once again, don't hear me rant a lot of these different things. Um, there is no way that... There is no way that with the offensive pieces you have that you can construct a formal game plan. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you can't blame Dable. Everyone deserves blame at this point. Everyone deserves blame. Um, We'll start at quarterback because I know for some people that's more easier. Some people it's harder to critique, whatever. Daniel Jones sucked. Don't give me the stats. Daniel Jones sucked. All right? For those of you shouting in the audience, in the the comment section, the old line, the old line, we're going to talk about that. Because I'm fucking, I've had it. I've had it. I watched the Yankees for so many months, losing baseball, now we're on to losing football, and Brian Dable has come out and said he's not going to make changes to the coaching staff, at least maybe, you know, after I record this and put it on YouTube, he does something, I don't know, but Daniel Jones stunk, um, there was a lot of missed throws, he had Waller at the back of the end zone on that Davon Witherspoon pick six, uh, there was that near interception by Tariq Woolen, 
There was the other pick that he had. There was that Wandale Robinson deep throw downfield that he missed. I mean, it's utter nonsense at this point. It really is. And I could sit here, and I was kind of battling it out with some of my supporters. And listen, I'm not here to attack my supporters. I'm not. I'm just bringing up like what people have different point of views, how I see it now, because my point of view is changing. Um, and that is, even like with a semi-clean pocket, Daniel Jones has not been able to elevate this team. He has been, not been able to play proper football. And, you know, when you're getting paid $40 million, you're expected to at least have an uptick in terms of performance. Um, you know, maybe to the likes of Derek Carr, Geno Smith, and uh, Dak Prescott. He has not done that. Um, th- just the amount. And last year, in the games that people did film reviews on, whatever, you saw maybe one or two missed throws during the game. And he got better down the stretch in a lot of different things. But there's a total regression in Daniel Jones. He's missing more throws, I've noticed, than I've probably ever seen in my history of watching football, maybe watching film a little bit. Obviously, the film review has not came out for multiple people, and all 22 as it came out. But um, he's missing throws like crazy. And I get it. There's a lot of X factors on offense, but I've said this before. When you need throws to be made, and when the margin of error is very small, you need to go out there and put your team up and elevate them. And guess what? He hasn't done that. He hasn't done that at all. Talk about Arizona, but guess what? $40 million, I expect you to at least be competitive with some of the better teams in the league. And Arizona, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell me all this story uh, you know, about you know, how they beat Dallas. That's going to be their win for the next few weeks. That's what they're going to live off of because guess what? They're not going to be a good team this year. They aren't a good team. And you know, we were down 28-7 to to them right? We climbed back and we won. Great. But that's our only win of the season right now. And once again, I I mentioned this before, it's very, very, very hard to imagine when this next win is coming for the New York Giants, if at all. And trust me, I don't want to root for tanking. I will not. But I also don't want to be sitting here at 1-16, being laughed at while we were sold that this is a winning football team. This is a winning franchise that's ready to make the next step. So, that's why I got to say. Um, as far as Saquon Barkley being out, let him and Andrew Thomas come back when they want. Um, I have a couple outlook things to say at the end regarding Saquon Barkley, which you guys can already speculate on. But uh, this, this, it's hard to imagine that this offense actually is also functional with Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying he's a he's not an X factor or he's not part of the team and this and the other thing. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is how much better are we with Saquon Barkley in the backfield? And once again, I'm not trying to, you know, shade Daniel Jones out of criticism because I literally opened the segment criticizing him. But this is just nonsense at this point. It really is. Um, but we'll go talk about more Saquon Barkley stuff in the outlook. Dan- Darren Waller. He got three catches. I believe two of them were in garbage time. The fact that the Giants have not made it a prioritization to get him the ball is absolutely fucking disgusting. Same thing with Jalen Hyatt. And you could blame both coaching and the quarterback for this one because if the quarterback is not throwing the ball to them and you had uh, Waller in the back of the end zone on that Davion Witherspoon 95-yard, actually it was 97-yard pick six, you had him him open. Where's the coaching to come here and say, listen, we get it, you want to be conservative with the football, but you got to start taking shots or else this team has no chance to win on offense. Daniel Jones, I'm convinced, is a conservative quarterback. 
Like, he doesn't want to make mistakes, but ends up making mistakes because he's so into being a conservative quarterback that the defenses are reading it. And guess what? Davon Witherspoon post-game said, you know, we, we know that Daniel Jones likes to lock his first read. I mean, literally, how can you sit here and defend this guy anymore? It's it's coming to that point, and we can talk about the outlook in the past and all these different things. Talk about it later, again. Um, but... The fact that it's not a prioritization to get Waller the ball. You traded a third-round pick for him and Jalen Hyatt. You selected in the third round. I think you moved up for him, if I'm not mistaken, or you traded back. One of those two. And the Giants only have six picks next year, so that's that own problem. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, I mean, he was, you know, targeted a few times. He had three catches. Uh, Slayton wasn't much in the game. So... The only positive I could take out of is Wondell Robinson. But the thing is, the Giants, for some reason, just love to keep sticking to that short pass. And Wondell Robinson, I think he had um, a very good game Monday night. But at the same time, your offense is so limited that he can only do so many things. I mean, obviously, he's not a Kadarius Tony type. He's not a Tyreek Hill type. But there's a certain line. There's a certain line with Wondell Robinson. Um, Matt Breida, I think he played his heart out. Like I will say that. The rushing game, you know, the numbers are bad because the offensive line couldn't block. But also, I mean, in the receiving game, I thought he did wonders catching passes out of the backfield and stuff like that. Um, Daniel Bellinger obviously went out with an injury. Uh, JMS went out with an injury. And that put Lemieux in. And then Lemieux got hurt with an abductor injury. I mean, it's just, it's just a mess. Everything is coming down at this point. When it rains, it fucking pours. When it rains, it fucking pours. And it's pouring right now in Giants land. It's pouring right now in Giants land. That's what I say. That's what I say. It's it's pouring. It is when it rains, it pours. And guess what, folks? Guess what? Guess what? I haven't even gotten to the offensive line yet. <sighs> Evan Neal is a... I'm going to say it right now. I don't care who rips me. Evan Neal is a bust. Evan Neal is a bust. I get it. You know, he's got this good, great attitude. He's a great person, all this stuff. Uh, when you're sitting there, and this is the offensive line in general, folks, which they need to strip outside of Andrew Thomas. I don't care. Like, JMS, obviously you're not going to strip a second-round pick. But Azudu, he's not the answer at left tackle. Bredesen, you know, he's not the long-term answer, in my opinion, because there's only a certain level that he will take you up to. Glowinski's Garbo, Lemieux, uh, Matt Pear, it's all Garbo. It really is. And I really take this towards Joe Shane. I've been holding back my criticism, but now is the time. But now is the time to sit here and criticize him. Because guess what? You could have drafted O-line in a couple of different spots. You could have brung in a couple of different free agents. You could have brung in at least quality depth pieces. But guess what the Giants did? They sat pat at the waiver wire. They let Tyree Phillips go. He's on Philly's practice squad. And everybody was trying to convince me, or at least some people, oh, Matt Parrott, you know, he's a solid backup. And, you know, in this league, you're not going to get, you know, great backups. The asset management has been horrible. It's been horrible. And I'm not calling for people's jobs, only two guys, which I'll get to in a couple of minutes. But, I mean, like, the asset management has been garbage. It's been garbage. And it's just an entire clusterfuck with this offensive line. Because guess what? Zudu's one thing, right? He's a third-round pick. Um, 
We'll see if he starts next week. If if so, it matters. Um, Bredesen, he's a free agent after this year. Glowinski, you can cut for money. Lemieux and Parrott, they have expiring contracts. Uh, McKeithen, he's not the solution. Maybe he's a backup in this league. Evan Neal is really the biggest one. He's the biggest question mark in terms of what you do with him because I know, yes, it's only four games in the season. I'm calling him a bust. Which game has he looked good in? Tell me. Against Arizona when they had, you know, no talent on the pass rush? Well, guess what? We could say the same thing for the Seahawks, but the Giants end up giving up 10 sacks. Evan Neal was getting tossed by Boye Mafe and Yuchenna Nwasu and all those different guys. They're not, they're not Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. I mean, it's just weird that the offensive line gave up less sacks against the 49ers compared to a Seahawks defense who was starving for sacks. Their mouth was dry coming into this game. They wanted to sack the quarterback, and guess what? They did that 10 fucking times. Like, I don't remember the Giants having an offensive line being this poor, this bad. I watched McAdoo. I watched Judge. I watched Shermer. I watched all these other clown coaches within my 20 years of living. And guess what? We could talk about how bad the offensive lines were. Well, God damn it, this is the worst offensive line I've ever seen. And you could take coaching as a part of that too. You could take coaching as a part of that too. Because how are the same fucking issues not being corrected? Evan Neal, he's tripping on his own feet. Letting Daniel Jones get sacked. Josh Azudu, whether it's the footwork or the handwork... That shit's not getting, you know, fixed. It's not. And, again, asset management. Either lack of assets used at certain spots, or is it you picked a wrong player at a certain position? How to even think positively about the offensive line moving forward other than Andrew Thomas coming back is something that is beyond me. It is something that is beyond me. I've about had it with... Everyone, everyone except for JMS and Andrew Thomas. JMS, I'd like to see what happens. I, I think the offensive line progressively got worse once he left the game because you had that pinecone Shane Lemieux in the game. So I just don't, uh, how, 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 how can you possibly sit here and try to convince me all this other stuff? So it's, it's a mess. It is a mess. And you know what? I'm going to go out here and say fuck it because... I'm going to do so, right? I have this as a segment tabbed on your screen, but um, I'm going to say this now. If Brian Dable does not fire Bobby Johnson within the next week, I think that Dable has some own issues that he has to resort and fix. Because we could sit here and say, this thing is out of Dable's hands, this thing is out of Dable's hands, this thing is out of Dable's hands, but guess what? You're the fucking coach. You are the fucking coach of the New York Giants. And if something isn't being corrected, you have to be that CEO head coach and say, look, this shit ain't working. So I'm going to go out there and bench this player or I'm going to go out here and, and take this coach and, you know, fire him. I said it. And there's a lot of issues. I literally attacked this all in the O-line video. One of the biggest problems that's not even really Dable's fault is the fact that Bill Callahan was let into the Cleveland facility never came out because the Giants hired Jason Garrett under Joe Judge. That's problem number one. Problem number two, they decided not to get Mike Munchak. They decided not to at least give him a fucking phone call. Instead, they went familiarity and said, Bobby Johnson, we're going to bring you over from Buffalo. When Buffalo was excited as all hell to say bye-bye. So if he doesn't fire Bobby Johnson and cut his ties, trust me, 
you know, for a lot of people that have been in the business of anything in their life and earning money, it's hard to cut ties with a friend on a business level. But it needs to be done because you got to save your own ass before you save somebody else's ass, especially in this position. So, yeah, trust me, I have a lot of shit to say on the outlook because it gets that point. Defensively, I don't think that they are 100% to blame this game. I do think there are some certain parts you got to clean up. I think there's a lot of points to be made that you put yourself in bad field position. Um, and that's not really the defense, I should say. I should have worded that a little bit better. I think Daniel Jones put him in bad position. You give up a pick six, that's seven points. And then the fumble, which ten, turns into a DK Metcalf touchdown, that's seven points. But let me tell you something. There is a question with fight on this team. Both sides of the football. Both sides. Offense, I mean, we could talk about the offensive line. Offensive line is about attitude. And guess what? I guess these guys don't have the attitude. They don't have the grind to block for any quarterback. But you move over to the defensive side of the ball, you know, obviously Kayvon had two sacks. And I'll give him credit. On the second one, when the game was basically over, he didn't celebrate. He didn't go out there and say, oh, let me do this dance and this dance and this dance. No, he didn't do that. Aziz Ojalari, he was getting pressures on the quarterback, so I have to give credit. Dexter Lawrence, I mean, there were some plays where he was there and some plays he was missing. Leonard Williams, you could say the same thing. And then all these different trash talks and these different fights. Xavier McKinney and, you know, Leonard Williams causing unsportsmanlike conducts and all these different things. McKinney didn't get a penalty, but he was trash talking Geno Smith, which. Personally, me, I disagree with Geno Smith on the Isaiah Simmons thing because he said it's a dirty hit. It's really not dirty because Geno Smith was being tackled when he was inbounds to out of bounds. But nonetheless, that has really no relevance. Um, but as far as McKinney goes, he was talking trash with Geno. I mean, McKinney's been an absolute uh, garbage can at safety. He was a non-factor in this game. I promise you that when you look at the film. In terms of linebackers, Okereke, I thought he played well for the most part. Same thing with Micah McFadden. I thought Pinnock didn't have a great game because there was that one play where he just got like, he juked himself. Charbonnet had a hole. He juked himself when Fant was about to block him. But back to Leonard Williams. I mean, he's sitting here putting his fa hand in the face mask of the other uh, offensive linemen and stuff like that. Why don't you have that fight on the line of scrimmage when you're actually bull rushing guys and getting to the passer? Why does it have to be after the fact? Why can't you take that and put it into the next play? Why don't you hold that in your head? I don't get it. It's just like there's there's fight when there doesn't need to be fight. But for the most part, there is no fight. And of course, you can always assess that to the coaching staff because are they instilling enough energy into these players? Are these players just a bunch of losers? Because honestly, that's, that's kind of the way we're going right now. It really is. And it's unfortunate. And asset management, again, is a part of that. Um... The biggest play out there that just everybody was like, this game is probably over at this point, is that big play to Noah Fant. They almost got home. Who is not tackling in the secondary? I think Okereke missed the tackle. I think Odori Jackson missed the tackle. I mean, you can't be missing tackles like that. And I get it. It's kind of a comment saying, oh, you can't miss this tackle. You literally had a tackling circuit. This week in practice. And overall for this team, you had, what, 11, 12 days to prepare? And this is the fucking effort and game plan you come out with? I mean, again, 
questioning the heart, questioning the effort, all of that goes into fruition. But the defense, am I blaming them 100%? I'll give them maybe 25 to 50% blame. 50% is is a hard task. It is because I don't th- I think the defense was put in a lot of different bad positions. And it's a shame too because I know like Wink is being criticized for some stuff and you know I can take part in that as well. But when your defense is dealt a bad hand by your turnovers from the quarterback, it's not going to get anything done. It really isn't. But I do want to talk about this too. I'm going to talk about this. The amount of special teams mishaps is fucking insane. Week one, they had their special teams mishaps. Week two, week three, not much special teams mishaps. Gillen's doing his thing. Gano's doing his thing. And they kind of were doing it this game as well. Eric Gray got bailed out in week three against the 40 fucking Niners when he had the drop punt recovered by the Niners, but it was a fair catch interference call. Why is he? Why was he picked in the fifth round if we're not going to give him the football in the backfield? Number one, because you see all these other running backs, right? Uh, Demarcado and you know some of these other guys filling in, right? All those different guys, they're getting carries on other teams, but Eric Gray can't when Saquon Barkley isn't out. You know, Gary Brightwell's getting carries over him. What is his? What is his purpose on this fucking team? Seriously, like I'm not gonna lie to you. You go back to the stream. I questioned the pick. I'm like, I don't know. He's, he's kind of slow. But, you know, we were sold. He, he's supposed to be the solid kick returner, the solid punt returner. I didn't see shit. I didn't see shit. And you know what the scariest part is? And I get it. You're not really supposed to have a fifth-round pick impact you in the most amount of ways because it's a fifth-round pick. But maybe there's something wrong with his ball security because if he's not catching these punts, if that's not happening, how's he going to hold on to a football, you know, facing how many tacklers? It's just, again, asset management. Asset management. But to go back to special teams, the amount of fucking penalties. Again, I will say this like I did about Bobby Johnson. And this is kind of my next segment, which we'll get into in a second. If Thomas McGahee isn't fucking fired, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a fit. Because this guy... You know, we were given the mantra, oh, this has been well-respected. You know, the, the guy's been well-respected, meaning Thomas McGahee. Enough with the well-respected. Guess who's well-respected, guys? Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman hasn't been a good GM for a lot of years with the New York Yankees. Just because you're well-respected doesn't mean you're doing a good job at something. Well-respected in terms of what? You're a nice guy? Since when has that gotten anything fucking done? Nice guys finish last. And I respect McKagey, McCaughey. I'm, I'm really forgetting how to pronounce his name, but T-Mac. I respect his story, 2018, 2019, 2020. He was battling cancer, and great. He, came, he overcame that. I know, obviously, the, there's a lot of uh, tragedy with cancer and stuff like that. That's its own separate entity. That's not really part of this right now. But 2020, 2021, 2022, all those three years, the special teams unit looked like fucking garbage. I don't know what it was, but it just seems like after 2019, when we let all the good gunners go, Cody Kaur, Antonio Hamilton, this guy, that guy. Everything that the Giants tried to do on special teams was 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 terrible. It was awful. And you can't even blame Joe Judge and say, oh, it was 75% of the problem because 2022, the unit sucked too. You know, Brightwell had 21 yards per return. How many muffs on special teams for all sorts of different things? They haven't been a good unit since 2019. And obviously, yeah, you're blaming T-Mac there. 
and he should be fired. I don't understand why he's still in the building. It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, you know, Gano has been good. Uh, Gillen has been good. But what about these unnecessary fucking penalties? Gary Brightwell got two. Two unnecessary penalties. He should have been benched after that. He should be a healthy scratch the next game. I don't care what anyone says. Okay? Because you had the unnecessary roughness, the personal foul penalty, where he just blatantly pushes DJ Dallas on top of somebody, which the refs will throw the flag because that is a flag. It's called pushing somebody, a personal foul. Then you got running into the kicker, which is an extra five for Seattle towards the end of the half. That's the second half, first half, that is, the second quarter. And that's five. So first down, Seattle. And they don't do anything, of, of course, but the Giants couldn't do anything either. Momentum did not exist except in a bad way for this game for the New York Giants. And then Cam Brown, when they were locking down, you know, I think it was the Seattle Seahawks within the, the 15 to the 10-yard line, Cam Brown comes over, pushes DJ Dallas. Dude, this is what I'm talking about. You're talking, you know, I'm talking about all these different things. Take that and play with aggression. Don't sit here and come out and try to commit an unnecessary roughness penalty. You try to make the coaching staff look bad? You're a fucking clown. Cam Brown's only on this roster with Gary Brightwell because of special teams. They're supposed to be these elite special teamers. And guess what? Hasn't proven jack shit this season, last season, the season fucking before that. Let's be completely honest with each other. So that's what I got to say about goddamn special teams. I mean, it's it's a mess. I, I will say that how many times in this fucking show, it is a mess. It is a goddamn fucking mess. And my next one, firings need to happen. If you're Brian Dable, you need to find a way to salvage this season. The Giants season is over as we know it. Yes, I don't think they're making the playoffs. I said that after week one, personally me, because the way this team came out flat against Dallas, they were not competing in football games. The talent level is just totally different we can't be winning nine games every year and trying to sneak our way in the playoffs no nfl teams don't do that they don't win super bowls like that but brian dable needs to go out there have some fucking cojones and fire t-mac fire bobby johnson or shake something up because guess what you know i get it 13 games left to go or you bring a guy in here and it's not gonna change much of anything blah 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 blah, blah. And I get it. You get, you know, how many years ago with Mark Colombo and the Joe Judge fights in the meeting room and all this other stuff. That's clown bullshit. That was three years ago. Okay? Bobby Johnson was literally not given the greatest reputation coming from Buffalo. Say that right now. And he's got favoritism. John Feliciano last season who's clowning the Giants right now, but that's a separate entity. If you are planning on holding your coaching staff accountable and your players accountable, you need to start making changes. You need to start getting this locker room in sync. Because one thing that we can hang our hat on at least is if you go down the next 13 games and are competitive for most of them and then pull out some wins. Kind of like last year in a lesser sense. That's what we can hang our hat on because we know the season is lost. But if you're going to go out there, keep making these stupid errors on special teams. The O-line keeps giving up five sacks a fucking game. Then, this, then we really have no reason to believe in you. And again, we could take this into the outlook and the fact that the season is over is I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and say Joe Shane should be fired, Brian Dable should be fired. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. But some of these stubborn decisions will put you in fucking quicksand. They will put you in fucking quicksand. Okay? I'm going to say that right now. 
If you're not willing to fire your friend in Bobby Johnson just because he came over from Buffalo and all these different things when the unit is performing like utter fucking garbage, guess what? They had three offensive linemen missing for Seattle. They figured it out. Their offensive line figured out. Gave Geno enough time. Maybe it's our pass rush that wasn't doing something else. Maybe you need to look into that too. Um, T-Mac. Special teams have been a problem. It is literally on paper for four straight fucking years that this unit has been trashed under him. Why Why is he still in the building is my question. Is Mara getting involved again? We don't want that. If that's the thing, then this team is totally fucked. I mean, seriously, I'm just going to be completely honest with you guys. going to be completely honest in my opinion and all these other different things. So there's that. Um, in terms of outlook, in terms of outlook, besides the fact the season is over, trade deadline, start making trades. Adoree, you literally put most people on the trade block. I'm going to be honest right now. And I've never, I haven't been this angry about a Giants team in a while. All right. Um, they want Saquon for like a second. You you give them up. They want a Dory for like a third or a fourth. You give them up. They want this guy for this. Give them up. Because there's two things. Number one, guys are free agents next year. Number two is you need assets. You need draft picks. Fuck free agency. Fuck getting an edge rusher. You need to do a straight up fucking rebuild. You need to do a straight up rebuild. None of this nonsense all compete, you know, while we're rebuilding. No, no, no. That doesn't work. That doesn't work in today's NFL. Because it's not long-term success. And you're selling your fan base on competing when you're not ready to compete with the rest of the league. That's what the Giants did, folks. That's what the Giants did. And we fucking believed it. And we believed it. But the Giants have six. Not seven. Not ten. Not eight. They have six draft picks next year. If you're if you're going to seriously even think of remodeling this team or drawing yourselves closer to Dallas, or the 49ers, the Eagles, you need to get assets. Whether you're talking about the quarterback, you're talking about this, the trenches, you need assets. You need draft assets. And you need to start giving up guys who aren't going to be part of this fucking future team. The offense is the main one that needs to be stripped. And I will say this. I know you guys are familiar with me not taking too many shots at the quarterback. Quarterback's got to go. Sorry. I've made that decision. I've been flippy floppy the last few years on him. I changed my mind last year. But uh, you got to admit your mistake at some point. It is a hard position to get out of because he's got a $69 million cap hit. But you got a lot of quarterbacks that are coming out in the draft. That a lot of people, maybe including myself, will be scouting. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Pettix Jr., all these different guys, J.J. McCarthy. Daniel Jones. And I know people are going to bring this up in the comments. Oh, you know, he hasn't had a fair shot, blah, 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 blah. All these different things. Maybe he goes to a different team and gets his career salvaged like kind of Geno Smith was. Like some of these other quarterbacks were. Maybe he's a backup somewhere and he's still got a job in this league. I'm not going to sit here and criticize him as a person. But as a player, he does not elevate this team enough to where you're going to win football games exclusively and go out there and win a Super Bowl. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. He does not have the talent level. He does not have the talent level. And you know what? He doesn't have the mentality. I will say that too. Because we could sit here and say the offensive line, which is a whole different thing. I've kind of explained that before. But let me say something. Let me say something. When you got in your own head in a conservative mindset, and you want to maybe sit here and talk about the past and say he's damaged goods, well, why should the Giants continue to sit on a float in a swimming pool? 
and say, okay, no, Daniel Jones, we're going to keep damaged goods and try to revitalize it. No, you move on and focus on another project. You bring somebody else in here. I get it. Listen, Daniel Jones, you always root for the quarterback. You always do this and that and the other thing, but you got to take the blue colored glasses off, people. He is not the future of this franchise. The Giants made a mistake by giving him the 40. The $40 million a year, the franchise tag, all these different things. Sorry. Whether you say it's damaged goods, whether you say the offensive line is not helping him, all of the offense has to go. And the one thing is this. If you're remodeling the offensive line, if you're remodeling the receiving core, if you're remodeling all these different things, why not do it with someone who's on a rookie contract rather than Daniel Jones waste whatever you consider his prime to be? And then he's at 30 years old, and finally he's ready to win, but he's only given you 15 to 20 touchdowns a season. And you know what? I wanted to sit here and reject the narrative of his turnovers, but guess what? He committed, what, three turnovers this game? It can't happen. He's in a scared mentality. He's damaged goods. It's done. It's over. The offensive line needs to be completely fucking remodeled. We could talk about the receiving core, this, that, and the other thing. The offensive line needs to be completely remodeled. Take out left tackle and center, left guard, right guard, and right tackle. And even swing guys, too. Even swing guys, too. Barkley, I don't have anything against him. We had some disagreements, obviously going back to you know the camp and all those other different things before that with the mini camp. But let him succeed somewhere else. Don't sit here and say, okay, you know, just because he's going to bring the the fans into the stadium it's 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 not it's not like that i get it it's a business decision but we we can't be sitting here and keeping those blue colored glasses on we can't be doing that no no no. so um cover daniel jones and you know what let me say this right let me say this and maybe they were prompted because this is the new york media this is the new york market Maybe the Giants were prompted because of that playoff win last year to build on it. And I'm not talking build on it. It's like, oh, this, that, and the other thing. But build on it, signing you know, Daniel Jones back and bringing Darren Waller in. That's where I can't blame the fan base and saying, oh, we're going to be a 9-10 win team this year. Obviously, the schedule is a big part. And once again, very hard to see what the Giants' next win you know, is against. Who is it against? When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? All those things are up in the air right now. Okay, We can't even talk about that but joe shane and brian dable rest of the front office and coaching staff decided we're going to bring in darren waller we're going to sign daniel jones we're going to franchise saquon barkley we're going to bring in jalen hyatt jalen hyatt you know you could obviously make his a long-term thing but those moves sold the fan base that we're going to compete and that we are with the 49ers or at least we'll be able to compete with those guys. We'll be able to compete with the Cowboys. We'll be able to compete with the Eagles. Now, for the rest of the 13 games, we're seen as a check from the other teams that we're facing this season. And we haven't even faced the Eagles yet. We haven't even faced the Commies yet. Okay? But let me say this. I'm not going to blame the fans. Just as a final thought, I'm not blaming the fans. I'm not blaming the fans in terms of, oh, you know, uh, the fans only got hyped up on themselves. No, no, no. The, the front office, they sold us on it. They sold us on it. So I don't know what the impact was, like what went on in there, all these different things. Was it, you know, John Mara influencing the Daniel Jones decision? I don't know. Like I'm not in there to tell you. But you can't, with the Giants, with any sport, 
you can't be attached to one player. Whether it's Barkley, Jones, this guy, that guy. You can't be attached to one player because it's about the team. If you're a a fan of a player, then you, you track whatever team he goes to and all that stuff and you hope he succeeds. But the truth and the fact of the matter is about this season, the Giants were in over their head. The fan base had expectations that were sold by the front office. Daniel Jones is nothing more than minute best. And the Giants need to completely revamp that entire offense and get some defensive players out of here too and sell some guys at the trade deadline to get draft picks. That's it. Like, comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when live stream pops or drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Again, I know I'm extremely negative this video, but uh, this podcast, I should say, um, you know, but it is what it is. This is the truth. Uh, you're not going to get anywhere else. People will try to give you the green, actually not the green, the blue colored glasses. They'll try to be extremely negative. I am, you know, objective in my analysis. This team sucks and they have long ways to go. Maybe they'll show improvement over the next few weeks and I will be sitting here admitting whether I was right or wrong. So peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool. And let's go Big Blue still. Uh-huh.